The following is a production by Cutting to the Chase Podcast. Nick Palazzolo, welcome back to the pod. We talked last year. It's great to have you back on. How you doing tonight? I'm good, thanks. I uh, appreciate the invite. Yeah, so uh, I don't know about you. I'm not watching the Cubs game tonight at the White Sox, but uh, they're up 6 nothing in the first inning, which I think is pretty hilarious. So, But uh, I haven't been watching them as much, but I have been keeping up with them every day. But uh, what about you? Have you been watching the Cubs as much lately? Uh, not as frequently as, like, the first half. Uh, even, like, even, like, late July, like, I just got busy, so, like, but now it's like if I have the free time, I'm not exactly in a hurry to turn them on. Right. It's like one of those things. But like the diehard baseball fan and Cubs fan of me, I'm like, I was like, I got to watch it. Got to watch it. Like just because like I need just to watch the Cubs. Like yeah. I'm one of those diehards like I and like this is like a pure confession. I've watched the most White Sox baseball a year than I just ever have. Just because like it just because the Cubs were always good, right? So I didn't have a reason to watch the Sox. Now the Cubs are going the other way, and the Sox are going up. And it's just one of those things where I'm a baseball geek. So like I I will I like the other day I had uh, Dodgers uh, Padres on. Yeah. Uh, Like I was watching the Marlins the other day. Like it's just one of those things where it's like you know I just love baseball so. But like, like as I said earlier, it's just one of those things where it's like I'm not going out of my way to turn it on. But if it's on, I would definitely uh, be 110 percent in and watching it. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, like I was saying, six nothing in the first sitting on the Sox. I know Dallas Keuchel has been struggling, but that's got to be a little concerning for Sox fans, just because you know this team's going to the playoffs. They're gonna, I mean, barring sure. some epic collapse, and I'm not, I'm not trying to jinx them, but right. Sox are gonna be in the playoffs, but. Uh, Keiko has been iffy. Uh, they've been playing a tough stretch of games. They've been struggling a little bit. I know they went something like seven and seven, I think over their like last 14. So, you know, dog days, they're, they're treading water a little bit, but they have a comfortable lead in the central, but, um, and the Cubs are playing basically for draft positioning, I guess, or they're just playing off a string, but still they're trying to win games and they're, they're bringing on a good showing tonight so far. I'll start with Keiko first. Honestly, if just the baseball person in me, I am not putting Keiko on that playoff roster. I, I can't afford to. Like, I'm going with the three-man um, rotation of Giolito, Lynn, and Rodon, and I'm putting Cease in the bullpen because his stuff is that good. And, like, Keiko, I honestly, if I'm a Sox fan, I don't see a spot for him. Like, I'd rather have your mean Mercedes bench coming off the bat than I would have Keuchel pitch in game four. Like, yeah. like Keuchel, the, like, last year he was one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. I then again, 60-game season, so take from that with what you want. Right, yeah. But, like, Keuchel this year, after the six-run first inning, his ERA's five right now. Like, I, I just don't – like, and I understand people will come with the point of – you know, one, well, you know, he's been there, done that, won a World Series with, or won a World Series with the Astros. But it's just one of those things where it's like you can't, it's like kind of giving contract extensions. You can't reward people for past performance. You, what can you do for me now? And, and, and for Keiko, I don't, I don't know 
what he can do for the Sox now. I, I mean, literally, I don't think – like, Keuchel struggles to go five innings. Like, he doesn't have good command of his stuff. His off-speed's been all right. He's not really inducing the ground balls that he's used to. He's given up a lot of home runs this year. He's he's never been known for punching anybody out, but he, the strikeout numbers aren't there at all. And it's just one of those things where it's like, I, I, I can't – if I'm a Sox fan, I can't feel comfortable with him putting him in the rotation. And then for the Cubs, you just got a bunch of guys fighting for roster spots for next year, whether it be the Cubs or other teams. Patrick Wisdom, nice piece. If he's the 26 man on a 20 on the Cubs 26 man roster next year, I'll gladly take it. You know, Frank Schwindel, dude can hit. I really like his last name is Schwindel because that's just cool. But like, like just a bunch of these guys are just fighting for jobs, uh, either with the Cubs next year or or just auditioning for other teams for next year. Are you ready for the Sox the rest of the way, or do you have a a pick there? Um, it's, it's one of those things where it's like me being a diehard Cub fan. It's like, it's just one of those things where it's like, I went to a Sox game. I went to Sox and twins with a couple of my buddies. Uh, this was, uh, I want to say end of June and literally, I think it was the day sheets hit his first major league home run. And it was like, that ballpark was electric. I was like, God, you know, this is what the Cubs used to be like. This is what Wrigley used to be like. So it's like, I'm not necessarily going to root for them because the Cubs fan in me just is like, socks suck. I hate them. Worst franchise ever. Second to the Cardinals. But like, it's just one of those things where it's like, especially with this team, they've got, they've got a really like a bunch of likable pieces like Tim Anderson. Like, how do you hate a guy who, who just plays with so much swag? He plays freely. He is the, that what kids are going to grow up watching is like, I want to be like Tim Anderson and, and like Tim Anderson's a, a guy who's really hard to root against. And it's just one of those things where it's like, I'm not going to root against them uh, for the playoffs, but I'm, I'm definitely any flaw I see. I'm definitely going to call him out on it. Oh yeah, definitely. And I love to troll bro Connor. I love bro Connor. He's awesome. He's a good guy. I just like to always tag him. Like I saw a tweet, so this is it's Friday. We're recording on Friday, and this will probably be up tomorrow, Saturday. But um, so I saw a tweet on Friday, and oh, it was the MLB Network, I believe, that tweeted this, and they were basically hyping up uh, Keegan Thompson, saying that he, well, whoever it was, I forget the analyst, was trying to say he would be like, or he reminded him of like the next Josh Beckett or something like that. And so I thought it was funny that MLB Network was. They didn't even mention the White Sox. It was all about Thompson and Cubs showcase, and and I was like, I had a I had a tweet at Bro Connor that tweet because I was like, I I'm waiting for his his White Sox report on Monday or whenever it'll be next week, and just talking about like, oh, of course, like you know, the Cubs are here. We not go going again. In. Yeah, exactly. I also love the fact that uh, I don't know if you. I'm sure you heard the last week's episode of that or. or white Sox report that he was like in his car so i'm just imagining him going like oh, i gotta do this report i'll just do it on the way to work and then he's just like yelling in his car and people are just looking at this guy going nuts just but. just just imagine like if, if you're driving next to him you're just you're just seeing bro connor just scream a bunch of things it's like what is that guy doing right and little do they know that this guy is like a star on an espn chicago radio outlet Right. Uh, you know, he's out in L.A., but uh, right, sure. Yeah. So 
I'm curious. So when it comes to the Cubs, what do you point to with this team? This goes back, obviously, ever since post-16, post-2016. But is there one thing that you can point to that says, this is where things started to go off the rails? I'm sure that something comes to mind for you right away. But if you could go back, like I always think, man, if you could go back to the night after they won the World Series and just like, okay, this team's on top of the world. We have the whole, like, this core for the next whoever, however many years we should be set up. So, like, if you could almost, like, mulligan and go back in time or fix something, what would it be? Um, Like, like the real downfall I point to is, I want to say it was 20, 2018 when they played the Rockies in the wild card game. It was game 163 when they had to play the Brewers in that one game playoff winner was in the DS. The loser had to play in the wild card. That was the Cubs. That was the game like Orlando Arcia did nothing all year, had four hits against the Cubs at Wrigley. But like, but like if I had to point to a certain time, that's when it was because like 15 went to the CS, lost to the Mets. 16 won it all. 17, they want, went to the CS again. And then it was 18, whereas like eight, 17, the offense wasn't great. Right. But it had, didn't reach that rock bottom kind of point like we've seen. And and, and like the, the more I think about it, just, you know, hindsight being 2020. And, and I know I, I've tweeted Chris and I've tweeted Adam about this a, a whole lot. Like I, I really want to know. Is 2015 and 2016 the flashes in the pan of the offense? Mm -hmm. Were those just the really good years of the offense? And what we've seen for the last three, four years, is that what the Cubs offense really was? We just got lucky and caught lightning in a bottle for two years. Because, like, you would think the the 2016 offense was so historic. Like, they were breaking records. They were on pace to, you know, just shatter all sorts of offensive records. But it was one of those things where it's like, you would think, okay, you want to have a down year in 17 or 18, fine. But you would think some of these players would at least um, kind of get back to that level. And, and we just haven't seen it. So the yeah. more I'm starting to convince myself 15 and 16 were more the flashes in the pans of what the offense could have been, but we just caught lightning in a bottle at the right time. Yeah, I think, yeah, in 2018, it go, I go back to, at least in that year, I go back to that September. They had like a five-game lead on the Brewers and just stopped winning. They just couldn't like do anything right. And then it got to the point where they got the game 163. They go to the wild card game, to the Rockies, and the offense was just non-existent. Um I, I wasn't sure if you were going to bring this up or not, but I know obviously a lot of people say, oh, the Quintana trade. And yeah, Jose Quintana never turned out to be what we were hoping or whatever. And I was a proponent of that trade. Now, part of me was probably, I know it was for a fact, part of me was thinking, well, Theo knows what he's doing, right? It's Theo Epstein. Like, and who am Theo I to think? Trust. Right, exactly. So, so yeah, they might have thought, yeah, we can get this top arm or potentially top arm guy and all of this. And we'll give up. Yeah. We'll give up Eloy and cease, but it might, you know, so Quintana, I remember Quintana. I was actually at the game against the Orioles the day before that, uh, his debut. And I know when he pitched for the, uh, against the Orioles that Sunday, 
Yeah, I don't know. Ten. I think it was twelve. I think he had twelve yeah. strikeouts. Through Crazy, seven. and I, and I know it was the Orioles, but it was like, okay, well, this was a great debut. So right. I know a lot of people have said, you know, and I think I've said the same thing that they don't go to the playoffs that year without Quintana. Yeah, I, he had a great, or at least a really good second half, if, if I recall. But obviously, he was always inconsistent ever that ever since that. And yeah, we see it. Eloy's now a great hitter, and I think you had a tweet today about Dylan Cease. That was the one that you. You know, because we've sure. seen the Cubs' inability to have starting pitchers or pitchers develop. But yeah, I wasn't even going to bring that up as far as like what I would change necessarily, even though now it's like, yeah, in hindsight, probably don't want to do that trade. But um, I go back. Well, one of the things I go back to is 2019. I thought, okay, uh, going into 19, I thought, yeah, I think Joe Madden's still the right guy. I don't think it's time to make a change, but something might need to be done. So when they were kind of iffy in that 2019 season, I was like, you know, maybe it's time to retool, not necessarily rebuild, but just make some trades that might help this team a year or two from now versus now, of course, getting Castellanos, which is, was a great pickup, but that, that only goes so well when you don't, if you don't let them go in the off season, but yeah, so 2019 was kind of what I looked at. I was thinking like 2016 Yankee retool, like maybe you could re- kind of rebuild on the fly real fast, not sacrifice, you know, the next year or two or three, it, even if it means not making the playoffs in 2019. But obviously so much to this point has gotten them to where they had to do what they had to do with the trade deadline. But even though I feel like they had to make those trades happen on trade deadline day this past July so much up to that point could have probably gone differently like could you have did you ever think that Bryant Rizzo Baez would all be traded it's a good question um hit, hit the little bell hit that bell. um yeah uh going back to your point about uh, about C's and Carmen and Yurko were talking about it earlier is like I was fine with trading for Quintana and giving up Eloy because at the time Eloy had nowhere to play. We thought Hap, at least Hap and Elmora would be something. We had Schwarbrand left, and we're not moving Jay Hay. So, so like he had nowhere to go, and he's a DH. Uh, you want to play offense at, or defense at Wrigley? That that the Wrigley's not exactly the ballpark you you want a below average defender playing in. I was more I was really annoyed with them giving up Cease simply because the Cubs during their window they developed no pitching. Absolutely no pitching. They didn't draft and develop anybody really. All like Kyle Hendricks, Jake Arrieta, Pedro Strope, John Lester, those were all trades. Those were Lester was a free agent signing, right? So they got him from other farm systems. And then kind of took it from there. They didn't have their hands on them or their fingerprints on him from the start. Cease was the only guy we drafted. He was the only one in that window who was close enough to us saying, we have developed a pitcher. Cease always had the stuff. Even in college, he had really good stuff, and he still's got good stuff. It was, it was just the whole command aspect, and he started to figure that out. But, like... If you don't develop pitching during a window, why are the Dodgers always good? Because they keep running out arms, you know? Like, they, they just have, like, an endless supply of young talent, positionally and pitching. And, and, and that will never hurt you. They will never – that will never hurt you as a baseball team. But Dylan Cease was the closest the Cubs have gotten to developing a pitcher to draft him and to make his way through the system. But they – 
they moved on from him before they actually knew what he was going to be. And, of course, this year he's he's having a really good year. He's got really good stuff. One of the Sox games I went to, Cease pitched. I want to say he went six innings, punched out ten. You know, it's just one of those things where it's like it's just kind of annoying. And then to your question about did you see Brian Baez or Rizzo being moved, if you were to tell me the day before the season that all three were gone, I would have told you what? Like I would have just been so confused by that notion because Rizzo, even before the year, you know, Rizzo wanted an extension. They didn't get it done. I I will give Jed credit. I think Rizzo was asking too much. I I can't see Rizzo, as much as it pains me to say this, Rizzo, from a baseball perspective, he's not worth $100 million. His back flares up at least three times a year. In, in the last two contract years, he really hasn't done anything special. Sure, he's the leader, so if you want to pay him for his intangibles, you know, you know that's that's more than right. But you know, I I, I understand Jed wanting not wanting to overpay for a, and especially a first baseman who's getting older. He's already on the plus side of thirty, so it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, a bias. I you know, it, it just kind of goes to the point of. If the COVID-19 pandemic didn't occur, what is this Cubs team now? Because I don't know if you remember, Baez, he was days away from signing an extension before the, essentially the whole world shut down because of COVID. And, and, right, exactly. If he accepts that and he was more than willing to accept it, they just needed to hammer out the finer details. And then they sent everybody home. You know, They put the whole world on lockdown. It's like, if, what if that didn't happen? And I understand we can play the what if game with this or that, but what I really want to know, I want to get a time machine and just know, like what happens if bias signs that extension? Where are we on August 27th, 2021? Like what Cubs team do we have now? Because then you have Ricketts not, then you have Ricketts not, you know, oh, biblical losses, but you know, we're going to build a sports book and it's going to look great and yada, yada, yada. It's just one of those things where it's like, I, I really wonder where this team would go if Baez, because if, if Baez signs, I think you could make the case that KB and Rizzo would, you know, they would take less than a market offer to stick around. Yeah, possibly. You know, it's uh, it's funny because obviously Tom Ricketts has really lost a lot of goodwill for a lot of how things have gone. But what if the, what what's to say? You know, the, everything that that has happened now. You know, the team is horrible now. But what if you know we see how Bias is? We know what he is anyway. Like we all love Bias, but then it's like you can't really justify giving him two hundred million dollars when. And the thing with Bias is his skill set is going to decline with age because his, reflex, his reflexes are going to get slower. You know, he's not going to – every player gets worse defensively as they get another year away from their prime. So, I mean, if you're going to give an extension, you better front load the hell of it because, you know, if you, like, even it out or, or whatnot, you know, you're going to be paying a buyers, you know, 20 $20 million dollars and his age 34 season with a skill set that's going to decline with age, I don't know if that's smart. Right. 
we see that with Hayward now. Sure. <laughs> you know, it's like it's yeah, like well, look, man, don't even get me started on that Hayward contract. Oh my like is is he worth eight years, 184 million to win a World Series? Yes. Uh, beyond that uh, <laughs> well the thing is we all know. we all we all saw that in 2016 we were like all right we'll we'll, we'll deal with that when we get there and now we're dealing with it now no, no, but in 16 here. now we didn't expect the offense to basically never really appear from hayward because he hadn't really shown that you know he was coming off a nice year with st louis and then in atlanta he had we had we, we saw the offensive uh years a little bit but all these moves that they've made. Now I get that a lot of these prospects, most of these prospects are like low A ball. I mean, they have a couple of years at least to develop and all that. But at least for now, for what it's worth, they seem to be all mashing or looking like, you know, exciting at least. So what's to say? Now I'm not saying all of them, but let's say a couple of them at least, three or four of them or whatever. Uh, really do actually come up in five years from now, four years from now, they're making an impact on the Cubs, we might be like, wow, maybe this actually worked out. But that's that's a lot of what ifs too. But, you know, it'd be kind of funny. It'd be kind of ironic or funny if it ended up being better that they didn't sign these guys because they're all about 30 or over 30. And it's always a gamble anyway. A lot of people on Twitter like to say, oh, we should just pay him anyway for what they did. Well, no. You shouldn't just pay him for what they did and not what they're going to do potentially going forward. Right. It's like going back to my earlier point on Keiko. You can't pay somebody or reward somebody for past performance. What can you do for me now and what can you do for me in the future? Right. Exactly. With, with, with the three of Bias, Bryant, Rizzo, Bryant's the only one I would feel comfortable with giving an extension without going into baseball hell. Did Jed make the right decisions? From a baseball perspective, yes, those a thousand percent. I will back Jed up on the baseball decisions because those those were all the right moves. Like, like honestly, I I think Jed, if I had the greatest trade deadline, I'd give him an A plus because I really like all of the prospects he got back. I, I mean, of course, you know they're prospects, so it's a bunch of lottery tickets. You might cash one, you might cash another. Some, you know, you might not win, right? But it's just one of those things where it's like you take a look at it and it's like, Brian's the only one I'm comfortable giving with an extension. Right. And you look at it and it was like, okay, this, they got, Jed did it the right way from a baseball perspective, but how ownership uh, talked about it, how Theo and Jed talked about extensions way before the season, they got to the right spot, but they took the wrong path in getting there because of just the bad PR and just, you know, you know, KB, you know, Cap had the report in 2017, KB turning down 200 plus mil. KB says, I didn't see that. And, you know, that he never yeah. received another extension, right? So it's like, from a baseball perspective, they did the right thing. But on the path to do that right thing, did they do everything right? No. They did not. I mean, and then again, there's like, you know, is there a right way to approach in extensions? Well, what are you going to say? You know, and then, of course, Brian being a Boris client, that <laughs> that really doesn't help because, like, it's possible he got the $200 million. But Boris is like, yeah, thanks. No, thanks. All right, we're going to test free agency because that's just what Boris does. And it's just one of those things where it's like they got to the right spot base, baseball-wise. But how they got there is what really ticks off a lot of Cubs fans. Yeah, with uh, with Chris Bryant, another what if. But I always go back to the injuries and 
really starting in 2018, whether it's fluky or whatever, you know, it's like he's having a, a resurgence in San Francisco and some of his comments would suggest that, you know, he really likes it out there. He might, I, for all I know, he's going to end up, I think he's, I don't think he's coming back to the Cubs. I do think the Giants are a strong possibility of where he ends up staying. Maybe it's somewhere else on the West Coast or just in general, who knows? But uh, yeah, I mean, you, you you said it. It's easy to say the what if game, but it's also valid because it's, you know, last year was just a complete curveball. And so it may end up working out that they didn't sign Baez to that $200 million deal. And it probably did work out because I don't think right. it, they... it, it, it definitely worked out in the Cubs favor of not extending all three of these guys simply because of their baseball production on the field. But then it's, you know, how they got there, you know, the PR, I saw a contract, you know, we were working on it. I got lowballed, you know, all that stuff that kind of, this is where the social media uh, aspect of sports really kind of sucks because like, you know, Passin or Jesse Rogers, they put up, or Ken Rosenthal, they put up one report and, you know, then the player, you know, all the beat reporters gather, they huddle around him in the dugout and then they want an immediate answer. It's like, I, I don't know. And I think that really has a lot to do with the bad PR of how we got here. Right. Because what like I'm going to keep hammering home this point. Jed made all the right baseball decisions. But should he? How, like, how did we get here to making the right baseball decisions? Because usually it was like the Giants last year. You know, it's like they put a little run together in 2020 before the trade deadline. You know, they easily could have sold. They didn't. And, you know, they didn't make the playoffs. But they felt, uh, or uh, Farhan felt like he owed the guys to, you know, if, if you want another chance to make a run, you know, like go do it by yourselves. And I didn't want the Cubs to fall into that category because, you know, there was a part of me who was really thinking earlier this year, just based on trade value and stuff, would Jed prefer a comp- a compensatory draft pick um, depending on the packages? Like would the compensatory, like hold, holding on to them, give them the qualifying offer, having them decline the qualifying offer, would that better suit the Cubs than anything they could get in a trade? And that was a real conversation I, I think Jed should have been having. But, you know, I, I do think Jed hit a home run in every trade package. Yeah, like all of like uh, again, not some of these guys are gonna flare out right now. You know, they're crushing four hundred foot home runs in like double A, but it's like you know, in the next two to three years, time will tell. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna switch to to the NFL. So I see the Bears shirt. Are you excited for Bears season? I, I I'm always excited for Bears season. Like 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 if I had to rank like my Chicago sports fandom, it's like. Cubs, Bears, and then just a bunch of ties, and then 50 feet of shit, and then the White Sox. Um, It was like, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like everybody loves watching football. Grew up playing Madden. You know, you always wanted to, you know, see the cool jerseys like Jay Cutler, Devin Hester, Greg Olson. Those were the guys who I came up watching. Um, And it's just one of those things where it's like, like everybody gets excited for football season. Like, I don't know how you just can't get excited for the NFL because the NFL is just an amazing product that no other league is able to compete with. Do you think that uh, Fields is starting by week four? Oh, week four. That Detroit um, game? I would say no. 
That's a good question. Uh, ring the bell again. Ring because, that bell. Because, you know, exactly. Um, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, we're in the game with Justin Fields of it's not the if, it's the when. So, like, and nobody knows. Like, you know, Nagy's following the Patrick Mahomes plan because that's the only thing he knows, right? It worked in Kansas City, so he's going to try it here with Fields because it's the only thing he knows, and it worked. It's not like it didn't work with Patrick Mahomes, so he's going to try what works. I, I, I think that, you know, and the Bears have a late bye this year, I want to say. So it's not like, you know, it's like what the Dolphins did with Tua last year. You know, they played the game before the bye, and then during the bye week they option, <laughs> they um, they said, you know, Fitz, you, you're going to sit the bench. You know, we're going to give Tua a spot to give him that extra two weeks of preparation. But it's just one of those things where it's like it's the when, not if. So it's like I I don't – honestly, I would love to see him start the opener in L.A. on Sunday Night Football. But as long as he plays this season, how who am I to tell Matt Nagy and their coaching staff when field should play? I just watch the games. I play fantasy football. Like I'm a more in-depth football fan than most people I'd like to believe. But it's just one of those things where it's like I just I just want him to play. Like I like should he be playing over Dalton? I believe so. But you know, Nagy's had a plan that worked. Like I think week four that I, I feel like that might just be too early for their whole plan. Because Patrick Mahomes only got one start in twenty seventeen. Then again, Alex Smith was playing at the all star level or all pro caliber level. He was, went to the Pro Bowl through for over four thousand yards. You know, does Andy Dalton do that? I doubt it. I just, I just doubt it. But it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, I, I want him to play. I just, I just want to see him out there because if he doesn't play this this year, that's a big mistake. Yeah, I definitely think that we'll definitely see Fields, but you know, a lot of people like to say, "What if he gets hurt?" Well, yeah, he could get hurt. Andy Dalton could get hurt week one, and you know, Fields is coming in right after. So that's what right. I always think about with the injury aspect because it's like, yeah, anybody could get hurt. What's your level of confidence in Matt Na- in Matt Nagy? Do you think that he's the right guy? I mean, I know, like you just said, we're we're fans. We don't really know. We're not we're not coaches. I'm not even gonna pretend that I know more than Matt Nagy or Matt Nagy, as I think his name is said. But when it comes to Nagy, though, like, do you feel that he really knows what he's doing, or did he does have a master plan? sometimes I just think word salad and maybe he knows what he's trying to say, but it doesn't come out the way he would like it to. Or maybe that's just his plan. I don't know. Yeah. The confidence in Matt Nagy is, it's quite an interesting conversation because of, you know, do I have confidence in, in him as a head football coach, as a leader of men? Yes. Do I have confidence in him as a play caller? Hell no. Like, I don't trust Nagy to put the offense in the right position. Like, how the Bears are starting with Nagy as the play caller, Dalton as the QB, that's how they'll start. How they should start, Bill Lazor calling plays, Justin Fields at quarterback. Like, because we just have, like, Nagy even in 20, was it, 2017? Yeah, 2017, he only was calling plays for like six games. 
Right. Do you yep. remember in six uh, seventeen when they played the Titans in that wild card game how they blew a lead because they didn't run the ball? And then, you know, it's like the next week, Bears have hired Matt Nagy. I was like, uh-oh, we're not going to run the ball. Like, I called it then, and I think I even have it in a group chat with some of my best buddies. Is like, he didn't run the ball, so we're not going to run the ball. It's like, you know, you see Andy Reid coaching tree, Andy Reid having success all over the NFL, yada, yada, yada. But it's one of those things where it's like, I don't trust Nagy enough as a play caller to get this offense where he wants to go. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, yeah. You're right. The running game, uh, I think I was talking with Braggs a little bit earlier, a couple weeks ago, and I think he said or, meant, or he referenced that game in which they ran the ball, was it like a franchise low seven times in a game or something like that? I don't know. I, I, I've said it before. I've said it, you know, I've called in and said, you know, I think that this only magnifies Nagy because you won't have Mitch anymore to kind of quote unquote blame um they might feel safer in Dalton because he's a pro he's experienced all that stuff and but I also think that if they go to Fields they can say well um you know Fields might end up lighting it up a little bit and it kind of magna or it kind of uh either takes the pressure off the coaching staff or it even hides some of their flaws so I don't know what their strategy, what they're what they're internally thinking. That's what I'd love to know is what they're actually thinking on the inside and what we're not able to see or hear. Because, you know, they're just going to say their typical coach stuff to the media. Yeah. Right. It's like, uh, you know, you know, he'll get a question by like J.D. or Dan Weeder. It's like, you know, when's Justin going to play? Oh, uh, we got a plan. That's literally the, the default answer there. It's like, we got a plan. It's like what – and the thing that is like – What'll make or break Matt Nagy in Chicago is is Justin Fields. He will make or break Nagy in Chicago because, okay, he probably preached a pace in 17. I can fix your guy. I can fix Mitch. He didn't fix Mitch. Him and Foles didn't have, weren't on the best terms. They weren't on the same page in, in terms of offense last year. Justin Fields is Matt Nagy's hand-picked guy. So if Justin Fields does not pan out under Matt Nagy, that'll be the end of Matt Nagy. Because, like, he – it's not like – he can't go back to the excuse of, like, well, you know, Pace, you know, you know, you know, Pace took Trubisky. And it's like, you know, I just came here. I said I could fix him, and I couldn't fix him. But, you know, you hand-picked this guy. You traded up to get him from 20 to 11. You got him. And if things don't work out – you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you got to be gone. You can't even get it right with your own hand-picked QB. So why should we trust you to do anything else with the offense? And it was like, and the whole, going back to our earlier conversation about, you know, the plan for Justin Fields, it's just kind of confusing because it's like, you know, as of now, we've been told Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace's contracts end at the end of this season. So does this plan, you know, allow them, did they secretly get extensions? We, we may never know because, you know, I, I remember Ted Phillips getting asked about it in his postseason presser at the end of last season. Uh, can you comment? I think it was Brad Biggs of the Tribune. He was like, 
what is the contract status? Uh, they're with us right now. Like, I think it was like, or some stupid generic answer like that. And yeah. it's just one of those things that kind of worries me. If ownership, if they keep giving ownership this false hope, this, this it'll just turn the Bears into a laughing stock. If a Nagy can't get Justin Fields, his own handpicked guy, to work in his style of offense, or and b ownership just has too much confidence in the in their football ops. The George McCaskey interview on Waddle and Sylvie earlier in the, this year was just oh my god, what a train wreck! It was but painful. I mean, good stuff from Waddle and Sylvie, but McCaskey's answers, yeah, like, it, he was, was, like, they're, it was there. There are football guys, and we try, and it's like, well, why? Based on what? I actually just remembered one other Cubs point real fast. I think a lot of stuff also changed when they lost a guy like Ben Zobris in the lineup, that contact approach, that pros pro in the lineup, the clubhouse, hitter. professional hitter. I don't know. I'm curious because like we saw you know, earlier this year with Matt Duffy and some of these contact guys, there was a little bit of a wrinkle in the offense. It was like a different approach and just losing guys like Zobris, I think that was a huge, huge loss too. I just had to get that in because I I'd forgotten to earlier. Yeah, it, it, it's a good point by you because Zobris wasn't a power guy. He was not a power guy at all. He was a contact guy, and, and you can't have boomer bust guys in their lineup. That's why the lineup didn't work. Rizzo, Baez, Bryant, all even Contreras to a certain extent was a boomer bust, you know, home run or bust kind of approach to hitting. And it's like one of those things is like I really wish the Cubs – would have kept Castellanos. Castellanos did nothing but hit. And Castellanos, I'm pretty sure he's on record of wanting to stay in Chicago. He wanted to be here and they couldn't get it done. And, and that, that'll go down as like maybe one of the biggest blunders. Uh, like you put the Dylan Cease, Eloy, Quintana trade aside. I think one of the biggest blunders is not giving Castellanos an extension. He was he was clear. He was happy here. He enjoyed playing at Wrigley. He absolutely raked here. And, you know, it's been reported he'll opt out after this past year. But I, I, I really do think you want to change the offense, go get me Nick Castellanos. Yeah, that's true. I was going to say, I'm not sure he'd want to – I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I think, why would a guy want to go – just any guy would go to a specific team that might not be looking to win. But – it's the Cubs. They could spin. They could turn it around potentially quicker. And Castellanos might be the guy that can, you know, get that going. Yeah, and almost in my opinion, they have to spend, or else, or else Ricketts he he's not going to make any money if they don't spend. You're already looking at attendance. Attendance attendance is on a steep decline uh, since since the trade deadline. And it's just one of those things where it's like. You need to spend money to make money. That old adage, you know, you got to spend money. You got to put money into your business if you want to, you know, upgrades, you know, all that kind of stuff to make more money down the road in a long-term investment. If the Cubs don't get one of the top shortstops or a big bat or a big pitcher this offseason, no matter what else they do, it's not going to be good because you – if I'm Tom Ricketts, I'm I'm giving Jed whatever he needs to go make a big splash because simply because we need butts and seats right now. What is your favorite Black and Abdallah segment? Uh, this this is easy. It's a good question. I I mean th- this isn't even hard. Like I really like Song of the Night a lot. Um, I re- I like. I mean, how can you not love Song of the Night? Oh yeah. Um, uh, but but good question. As you know, you know, 
Yeah, I think you had the first one from Jay Hood this morning, just a couple seconds before I did. Um, but I got a second one before you did. It, it's just, it's just fun, and and it's unique, is what I really like about it. It's like, like how many times do you pay attention with how a guest answers a question? Like, like you know, you know, radio hosts they ask questions, you know, just to try to create discussion and drive topics for discussion. It's like, but how many times actually pay attention to their answer? That's what I really love about it. You know, I'm, I may have coined myself the general of the good question army because, you know, I'm like at Chris, at Adam, at Tyler, at Eric, boom, 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 timestamp. Sometimes I use that Abdallah picture of him holding up the pa- uh, the paper that says good question. Um, but that is definitely my favorite Black and Abdallah segment. I knew you were going to say that. It's, a good, it's definitely a good one as well. I like that one. I don't. There's not a segment that I don't like. What I really love, though, I love when Black is like, so I wanted to talk to you about this that I saw. I always love that because I always know it's going to be something good. And I love because yeah, it's, it's always like a BuzzFeed quiz or some Washington right. Post. It's, you, just, you just know it's not sports. Like you, you just know it's gonna be like you know, you know, a review of some kind, some article they saw on BuzzFeed. You know, it's just one of those things. Like you don't know what you're getting, but I will gladly, I just put on your seatbelt because you're in for a ride. Exactly, like the one when I found the one about the birds just flying upside <laughs> down because they can. Uh, I, I knew that would be a good one as well. But sometimes I'm like cooking or doing something. And I'm like, oh, I got to stop and tweet this really fast. That's how I am with good questions. It's like I got to stop whatever I'm doing and just fire it off. Especially with me, because usually I'm not the one to to tweet at them those because usually other people sure. like you get it. But I was like, oh, I got to do this one. It's I got job. it. I actually heard it. Sure. Exactly. You're the guy. I love the fact that they drew um, sports logos that one time. And <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. I know. Bro Connor. That's a great segment. I love Bro Connor. I've had Bro Connor on. Love me a good White Sox report. I like Bro Connor because he's such a good guy. I feel like, I mean, I've talked to him and he's, I troll him. I troll him, but he's a really good sport about it. And I told him that. I said, look, you're, I was like, you know, I'm just whatever. I love the interaction or I love the, uh, whatever, the back and forth. But uh, yeah, sometimes I'll like go like straight to the, uh, like especially if I haven't heard the pod or, or if I have to catch the pod, I'll, sure. I'll listen to the whole pod, but sometimes I go straight to that, that White Sox report just to hear that part first because it's always hilarious. Sure, like especially like on Fridays, that's how I am with like Good Question and Song of the Night because those are usually in the seg- same segment. It's like, you know, if I only have like five or 10 minutes here, it's like, and I, I just put my AirPods and it's like, all right, got to listen to this. And then I kind of play this internal game with myself. Which ones did I tweet? Which ones did I not? It's like, which ones I missed is like crap. You also have a podcast, right? Are you bringing that back soon? Yeah, honestly, I, I think it might be this weekend some point. Nice. Uh, we will hopefully bring it back. Uh, you know, I, I think in the Chicago sports landscape, there is uh, – it's quite a bit to talk about. Uh, hopefully, talk about fields. Um, probably since we haven't done anything post trade deadline for the baseball, probably do that. Uh, I'm hoping to talk a little bit of Bulls because you know the Bulls have just been you know you know <laughs> I I don't want to make this comparison because Theo kind of flamed out, but it's AK's league and and we're just living in it. It's like the same thing we thought in like 15 and 16. It's Theo's league. 
best executive in baseball. I was like, right now, that's that's what we're riding, uh, riding the Bulls high right now with uh, AK and Eversley. Yeah, what's the name of, of your pod? Uh, yeah, so we changed it, actually. So it was the Weekly Sports Talk podcast, and then we didn't do it weekly. So it was nah. kind of stupid. So we changed it to the Hear Me Out Sports oh, Talk okay. podcast. I like yeah. that. That's so, different. That's so, different. Yeah, so, yeah. So hear me out. Yeah. That's, are you guys uh, recording like specific days or just kind of whenever you can? No, it's kind of it's kind of whenever we uh, we our schedules both align because it just you know me being in college this year I you know I kind of tend to have more time because like during the summer I ump a lot I umpire baseball and I try to stick to like high school baseball because that's just what I'm accustomed to, um but it's like you know. It, you know, you um five, six games in a day as like, you know, it's like you don't really have time to pod. And then he's got his own job. He's got his own life. So it's just kind of something we do on the side because, you know, it's what we want to get into in terms of a career path. And it's like, you know, it's, it's just a good way to, you know, because how many people do you know? Can you actually like talk like in depth, in depth about sports? You know, there's a few people here, a few people there, but it's not exactly the masses. And, and that's what we just tried to do by creating the podcast. Have you been watching Ted Lasso? I, I have not. No, okay. like, like, like I just see everything on Twitter. It's like, and yeah. it's like, it's one of those, it's one of those long lists of things that you just need to get caught up on. And it's like, yeah. like, what is it? A week and a half ago, two weeks ago, I finally finished um, Outer Banks. Like I just, okay. I just grinded through that for five days. Like yeah. just grinded through that. I really like right. that a lot. Except when you can find the little holes in the writing, the story doesn't really make sense. But whatever. I uh, guess Ted I'll have Lasso. To watch that. Yeah, yeah. Ted Lasso is not on my list, um, but it is. It is now added. I, I just marked it down. And Ted Lasso is on my list, and then Ted. You know, Ted. Uh, or not Ted, Dave, you Dave. know, uh, you know, uh, kind of off with that. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Well, slide. I'm, I'm like on episode like four. Okay. Maybe it's five. I don't know. Like I grinded through like, cause I knew I was coming on like this weekend sometimes. So I was like, all right, let's see how many I can get in in like two days. So I well, watched like three. With Ted Lasso, it's funny because I don't think I even heard of the show until at least the spring. And someone was like, sure. have you watched Ted Lasso? And I'm like, oh, I think I've heard of that. I haven't watched that. And she's like, you got to watch it. And I don't really watch TV. So I'm like, sure. whatever. So I'm always like, oh, God, I got to watch this show now. And I never really watch shows. But finally, for some reason, I was like, all right. Oh, I know what it was. I told my dad about it. I hadn't even watched an episode yet. And I was like, I, I hear this is good. Um, blah blah blah, and so he watched like the first six episodes right away, and I was like, I, I gotta watch this. But then I binged it with a friend over the weekend, and I was like, all right, this is really good. And I caught on. I'm like super into it now. You mentioned Dave. I was definitely gonna bring that up too. So you've seen you said four episodes. So what do you I think? I want to say it was. I, I really like it a lot. Like <laughs> that opening scene in episode one is like, okay, what the hell am I? Like what the hell did like get me into because tyler's like nick you should watch it i was like all right fine so i put in the first episode i was like what the hell is going on and then just as it started to keep progressing i was like oh okay all right <laughs> this is kind of awesome the funny thing about it is i didn't even know who little dicky was i just liked the commercial with the song that they played for the commercial so i was that's like the one time commercial like drew me into something that i had to watch a tv show like that was a great ad. And the only reason I'm watching it is because of you, Black, yeah. Abdallah, Tyler. It was like, I keep seeing all these tweets. I was like, 
maybe I should actually watch it. And yeah. It's like, all right. So then I started it. And uh, yeah, even Travis Wacker, I throw into those tweets too. And uh, sure. like Gata, Gata's always like retweet or like liking or like, it's cool when he's like, he does it with like all the fans, sure. but that's still cool. Sure. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's been season two was really good. That just wrapped up, so you you can binge that and check the rest of it out when yeah, you get a chance. <laughs> I got time before season three comes out. Yeah, yeah, because season two was a year after season one ended. I think I was like, man, when is it coming back? The last question I have for you, and I never ask anyone this, so you're the first uh, person I think I'm asking this. Well, I did ask the last person I had on, but I didn't do it until after the pod was done. But I'm always trying to think of what to name an episode. So what should I name this episode? Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't um, either. Because it's so easy to just be like cliche and boring, like Chicago right. sports talk with Nick. Like, you know, I right, I, I yeah. don't know. I don't know. I, I, so, Another good question. Uh, so that's what three I've given you. You're welcome. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. You still haven't caught Waddle yet. Um, Wait. Oh yeah, because he's got like forty. <laughs> I don't know what he has, but I think it's like twenty-four. Yeah. So I don't know. That's that's for you to figure out. I don't. I don't care. I'll think of some something. I always do. Obviously, I'll think of some kind of name, but I want to think of something good and catchy, and not just you know. But, uh, yeah, Nick, thanks for coming back on to chat, and uh, we'll definitely do it again. I'll come on your pod as well. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate you having me on, and I look forward to the next conversation. Absolutely. It's always, it's always fun. So uh, thanks again. Three, two, one, zero, zero, and liftoff.